Does the idea of deleting your old content make you just a little bit nervous? I totally get it. And for a lot of us, the idea of parting with our old content is tough. In today's episode, I'm going to share a quick process for how you can easily decide whether to keep an old blog post or to let it go. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume, and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast. As always, so excited that you're tuning in today. And for this week's episode, I was inspired and wanted to share a little bit about a process that I am going through right now in my own blog and thought it would be fun to just take you through my thought process when it comes to updating and deleting old content. Now, before I jump into the meat of this episode, just want to say welcome. If you are a first time listener, it means so much to me that you are checking out this podcast and seeing what it's all about. And I really hope that you enjoy this week's episode. My name is Madison Wetherill, and I am the founder and CEO over at Grace and Vine Studios. Over there, we specialize in creating custom brands and websites for food bloggers who are looking to connect more with their ideal audience, to put their best professional foot forward, and to ultimately increase their impact by growing their food blog. If you are ever curious about the ways that we work with clients or how we might be able to work together, you can head over to graceandvinestudios.com and you can click on the services tab to learn all about how we work with clients and how we might be able to partner together. Now, every week I love to share a little bit of a personal tidbit or insight into my life and kind of who's behind the mic. Something that I love to encourage you guys to do as well in your blog. I know that blogging is different than it used to be and it is not all about personal stories, but I do truly believe there is still a there is still value and there is still room for our personal stories. It just looks different than it used to back in the days of when blogging first began. Now, for those of you who don't know, I also have a food blog and I shared back at the end of last year that I am working really hard to essentially overhaul my food blog and really be able to grow it immensely this year. There's a lot more information back in my episode where I talk about my blog growth plan for this year. So if you're curious about that, definitely go back and listen to that episode. But the personal thing that I wanted to share is that I recently did a CEO time block for my food blog. Now, this is something that I do pretty regularly for this business for Grace and Vine. But for my food blog, I have not sat down and really done CEO time in a very long time. And I was starting to feel a little bit overwhelmed with all the things that were on my plate and all the things that I'm trying to juggle in this season of really trying to pick up the amount of content that we're sharing on the blog. And my blog manager, who is amazing, she reminded me that it might be time to sit down and do a CEO block. And so I carved it out in my schedule. It was one of my goals for this past month. And I just have to say that it is a very worthy practice to regularly have time where you're able to turn off the noise and focus in on what are my goals right now and what steps do I need to take in order to meet these goals. 
So a couple of the things that I focused on during this time, I have a list of my goals that I'm working through for the last month, one of which was to set up a recurring CEO block for myself and to actually do the CEO block. So those two things got accomplished. And then the other thing that I focused on is I have been working on moving my email list and subscription over back over to ConvertKit for my food blog. I had it on ConvertKit a long time ago. And when I stopped really posting new content on my blog and really using my email list, I moved it back to MailChimp just to keep the cost down. So in wanting to revamp this, you know, channel of my marketing, I decided to move back to ConvertKit and I wrote a brand new welcome sequence for my blog. And so that's what I spent my time during that CEO time. Now that doesn't always qualify if you want to call it that as CEO time. But in my case, this was something I was putting off and really needing to just focus my time and energy. And so my CEO time block was the perfect time to do that. Now I share this because if you have not prioritized CEO time for your blog, it's something that can be really helpful just to keep yourself focused and to give yourself a boost of productivity for those tasks that are really higher level in your business. And they're not the day-to-day, you know, checking your analytics or writing a blog post or sharing something on social media. It's really meant to be time to focus on higher level tasks and it can be really rewarding to focus on that. So I would highly encourage you to schedule some time to do that in the near future. So last week we talked about how to perform a content audit for your food blog. And this is something that I have been going through on my own blog for the last few months. And what I have found is that inevitably as you are auditing your content and going through systematically to basically review all of the different content that you have, you will naturally find that there are blog posts that you're not sure what to do with. There, I think the ones that are super obvious to work through are the ones that need new photos or you know the text is super like thin and you need to update it. But there's this set of blog posts where you really don't know what to do. For me, a lot of these blog posts are older lifestyle type of blog posts or they're recipes that I did for sponsored content. Or if you've done sponsored content for a while, you probably know the name Linkia. You know, back when I was doing posts for that, I have a lot of that older type of content with super random recipe titles. And those are the ones where I'm not sure what to do. And so I wanted to go through a little bit of a process that I go through and something that I think about as I'm going through my own content to figure out what to do with these blog posts. Do I want to leave them alone, redirect them somewhere else, delete them completely? So I'm going to go through my process and the steps that you should take to decide what to do with your old content. One last note before I dive into the process itself is I've had this question asked before, specifically my parents have asked me this question before as we've talked about blogging stuff. And that is like, why would you want to delete old content in the first place? Like, isn't more content better? And the analogy that I like to think of with this is that if you think of your blog as a catalog, there's only so much content that you can fit into a catalog. And when you have content in there that is not great, you're basically taking up room for other content that could be added to your catalog that is great. And so while there isn't a hard and fast rule, like there's nothing that Google tells us, like you only have this amount of data that you can use for your blog. It makes sense in my head that there's only a certain amount of information that Google is going to take from your website. And if you have a lot of not great content on your site, Google might see your site as a whole as not as good as it could be if you had 
awesome, really high quality content for every single blog post. And so my goal in auditing my content and deleting things and updating things is to make sure that as much of my content as possible is the highest quality that I can produce so that I don't have sort of mediocre blog posts or really terrible blog posts that are weighing the site down as a whole. So with that in mind, if you are on board to figure out what to do with some of this content, here is your steps that you can take to figure it out. So step one is that you're going to review the traffic. The first thing that you want to figure out is, has there been traffic to this blog post ever? This is important to figure out for a couple of reasons. Number one, you don't want to delete something that is getting traffic and then is going to create a bunch of 404 pages on your website. The second reason is that if you find that a blog post has had traffic in the past, but no longer is getting traffic, that might tell you that in the past, something has happened to a keyword that you were ranking for, or there has been some sort of change in the way that the blog post is being seen by Google, which means it might be an opportunity to update it. You also want to look to see if there's been any traffic in the last three or so months. This will tell you if you know recently it's getting traffic and something is doing well here. And you can dig more into that to see if there's something you can do to further optimize the blog post. Then you also want to check to make sure the blog post is not seasonal. So looking at your traffic at a larger scale, so the all-time traffic or maybe the traffic in the last year to a blog post will help you to see if this is something that is seasonally performing well. That might be obvious based on what the blog post itself is, but if it's not obvious, the traffic might tell you that it's something you know that may or may not be seasonal. And then the last part of reviewing the traffic is you want to see where the traffic is coming from. This is important because you may have a blog post that does horribly on organic search, but performs really well on social or on Pinterest. And so you want to make sure you understand where the traffic is coming from again before you decide to delete something because it doesn't have a good keyword, for example. Once you have looked into the traffic patterns and the history of the traffic for a blog post, you can move on to step two, which is researching your keywords. We're going to approach researching your keywords for a, an older blog post in a couple of different ways. First, we're going to look into Google Search Console to see what the post is currently ranking for. This is going to be assuming that it's a blog post that is bringing in some level of traffic, but maybe you want to figure out how to bring in more traffic with the blog post. You want to make sure you first understand what keywords are bringing in traffic to my website so that you can then go and research what level of keywords those are and you can hopefully level up to a bigger keyword for that search term. If you want to dig more into this idea of keyword research, I would highly recommend going back to the episode where I interviewed Ty Kilgore because this is something that he talks about a lot and something I have learned from him in terms of the idea of leveling up your keywords and how to do keyword research. So I'll link that in the show notes for you guys to check out, but that is definitely a really helpful episode when it comes to keyword research. Looking into Google Search Console can also tell you if your post is showing up a lot for impressions, but maybe the click-through rate isn't very high, and that can be another optimization step. Apart from finding a better keyword, you might just see that your you know, query is getting a lot of impressions, but not a lot of click-throughs, and there's some tweaks that you could make to the way that it is showing up in search results as well. Once you have looked to see what the post is ranking for currently, you're going to do some research in your favorite keyword research tool to see if there's a better keyword for it. 
Now, this is where it gets really nuanced because there are a million different search terms out there, but what you're looking for is a search term that is going to be at a high enough volume and also keyword difficulty that you are able to rank for it, or at least try to rank for it. And you want to make sure that you're not getting super specific in what you are trying to rank for where nobody is actually searching that term. So this is going to be a process to kind of look through the research and try to find something that fits. And if you find that there is no really great keyword or no better keyword than what you're already ranking for, then you're going to move on to step number three. So step number three is going to be if you have found that the blog post is not getting a lot of traffic and there isn't a really great keyword that you can optimize the post for. Step three is going to be to decide if it is a beneficial blog post for your audience. This is something that I think you only can know if you really have clarity on your brand and who your audience is and how you are supporting them. But you might find that you have a really great article or blog post that is really helpful for your audience and their struggles and the journey that they're on, but it isn't necessarily something that they're going to search for on Google or that a large amount of people aren't searching for on Google. These are going to be the type of blog posts that you might decide to keep because they're helpful and you might be able to promote them on Pinterest or on your email list. They are the types of blog posts that your loyal audience is going to want to read or you're going to want them to read it. But again, a new audience to you may not be interested in that. So just keep in mind that it's okay if you have blog posts that aren't going to be optimized for Google and you want to just leave them on your site because they're helpful and resourceful for your readers. And you're just going to choose to not have that be a part of your up-leveling when it comes to keywords. Now we're able to move on to step four, which is where we're going to take action on the blog post and what we've decided to do with it. So step four is you're going to choose whether you're going to delete the post, archive the post, or you're going to choose to update it. Now, I want to say this with a grain of salt because this is not something that should be done lightly. I don't think that you should just go on a huge deleting spree and delete a bunch of content without really taking the steps to make sure you are doing this in a thorough way. So I'm going to try to articulate this as well as I can, but just know that when I'm talking about deleting stuff. I'm not talking about just closing your eyes and pressing delete. There is a process for how to properly delete content. So for the content that you decide is no longer a good fit to be on your site at all, you want to do a couple of things. You want to first make sure that you are not linking to that content in your other blog posts. I mentioned in the content audit podcast episode that a really great tool that I love and have been using a lot lately is Clarity. This tool will actually show you what posts are linking to a blog post on the back end. And that is really helpful for this process of deleting content. Because before I go and delete a blog post, I want to first make sure I am deleting the links to that blog post in my other content. If I don't do that, what I'm doing is I'm creating broken links on my site, which is really bad for SEO in general, but it's just not going to help this process of wanting to improve my site as a whole. So again, before you delete any content, you want to make sure you are finding any blog posts that link to that content and removing those links or updating them to be, you know, going towards a different blog post. Part two of what to do if you're deleting a blog post is to think about whether or not you have a relevant blog post to redirect something to. Now, for example, on my blog, I have a couple of apple cake type recipes and I might decide that 
instead of having three different apple cake recipes, I'm only going to have one. And the other two, I'm going to choose to delete those and redirect the original URL to the one that I'm keeping. This is not like something you have to choose to do. Again, if you decide that it's just not a good fit on your site anymore, you've removed all of the links to it, then what you can do is just choose to let it be a 404 page and that's totally fine. But if you do have relevant content, and especially if there's traffic coming to your old blog post that you no longer want to have on your site, redirecting it to something relevant is really, really helpful. You don't ever want to redirect a deleted post to your homepage or redirect a deleted post to a category page unless it is relevant to it. But most often you're going to either redirect it to something that is closely related or you're going to just let it be a 404. Another option for how you can handle these types of blog posts is that you can mark the posts as no index. Now, I think best practice here is to only do that for stuff that you really want to keep on your site, but you don't want Google to look at. Now, for me, this looks like some of my personal blog posts where I have like family updates or my birth story that I have on my blog, things like that, where I want them to live on the site, but I don't necessarily want Google to consider it when it is, you know, going through and crawling my entire blog. This is another area where you want to be really careful to not be linking to that blog post in other content because essentially you're telling Google not to look at it and it's essentially a dead link in Google's eyes. So if you are linking to that post, it's pretty much the same as if you were linking to a deleted blog post. So again, make sure if you're going to no index a post, meaning you're going to tell Google don't look at this, that you are not linking to that blog post in other content. There are two other things you might decide to do with your content. One is you might decide to just archive it. What I mean by this is you're not deleting it, but you're just going to say, I'm leaving it as it is and I'm not worrying about it anymore. It goes into a different bucket outside of deleting a blog post or updating a blog post. You're just going to leave it as is. It can mentally be out of your head and you're just going to leave it. And the last is that you're going to choose to update a blog post. If you find in your process that you have a blog post that has a better keyword that you could optimize it for, you're going to choose to put it into the update bucket and come back to it later once you're ready to within your content calendar. But really through the content audit process and through this process of going through and saying, what do I want to do with these posts? You're going to have those four options. You're going to say either you are going to delete it, you're going to no index it, archive it or update it. Technically within that, you also have, you know, monitoring posts and leaving them as is. But for the sake of what we're talking about here with content that you no longer want to have in the shape that it's in, those are going to be your steps and your options of what you can do with it. So all that to say, when it comes down to should you delete old content, I think there is definitely a time and place where deleting old thin content is a good idea but you want to go at it lightly and you don't want to just close your eyes and press delete. You wanna follow this process to make sure you're deleting it properly. And I say that knowing that it is very tempting to just select all and delete and not do it the right way. But what you're going to find is that later on, this causes a bigger headache for you when you find a bunch of broken links. And I may or may not be speaking from experience of years past where I have been lazy and not done this properly. So. Take my advice here and be sure that if you decide to delete old content that is no longer performing well or no longer part of your brand, that you do it properly and you follow these steps. I can say that it will make you feel so much lighter 
knowing that you've gotten rid of some of this old content, if you are into gardening or you've ever known somebody who's into gardening, you might have heard this idea of pruning back in order for something to grow. And I really think that our blogs have so much potential to grow when we prune back the content that is no longer serving us in whatever that means for you and your blog. But when you're able to prune that back and you're able to put your best foot forward, I really, truly think that Google will reward us for that. And so that's the process that I'm going on this year. And I hope that this episode was helpful for you as you consider what to do with some of your old content. And I hope that it gives you permission to let go the blog posts that are no longer serving you. That is all I have for you this week, my friends. So until next week, talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.